We're here to say goodbye to our brothers and sisters, to our fathers and mothers, to our friends, our fellow men and women who set aside their differences to fight together and die together so that others might live. Everyone in this world owes them a debt that can never be repaid. It is our duty and our honor. And we are back with the fourth episode of the Game of Thrones recap. We're going to talk about the last of the Starks. David is off today because it's his birthday. So happy birthday, David. Happy birthday, David. And here with me today is another one of the staff members who is a big Game of Thrones fan. Catherine is with us today. Hi, everybody. And we will just jump right into this fourth episode. This experience. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's sort of everything's done now. The Night King is dead. Apparently all, still dead. They're all just chilling in Winterfell, having a big party. And it was sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> um, was it clearly a Starbucks cup? Though? I don't think so. I think all coffee cups have the same look. So it could have been Caribou. It could have been Tim Hortons I'm or Dunkin' Donuts. But Who knows? Either way. It, I can't believe they didn't catch that, actually. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot they didn't catch in this episode. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was one of the bigger issues was them talking about that, which I guess is good because then people were not talking about the other problems with the episode. Okay, so you, you <laughs> it was a good diversion. Problems. It was a good uh, <laughs> diversionary tactic. Maybe uh, they actually edited in. It, you at never the know. End, they, maybe to, they did. Maybe they did. It's like a political move, I think. Mm-hmm. But the episode starts with them burning all their dead, and we see Theon and Jorah. Very emotional Beric, moments. And Liana, I don't even remember if we saw Ed. I think we did see Ed. We did, because Sam was... I think was Sam, Sam was this torchbearer, yeah. I think. And then John gave a very kingly speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was off to the races from there. It was like, let's celebrate. And that's all it was. You know, I saw, like, a in the let's celebrate portion, like a definite red wedding moment, just because of the dimness of the mm-hmm. room and the sort of celebratory, even though it was a little somber to start with, celebratory nature. Mm-hmm. I, my first was like, okay, here it is. Like, <laughs> this is the moment where you think everything is mostly fine and we find that it's even worse than you thought, mm-hmm. even though we've already had a lot of those moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it's just a whole bunch of people being happy, except for Daenerys, who's sort of just chilling in her corner being all somber and just like, I have nobody left now. She's getting less and less. And that was the mm-hmm. thing that I thought about too. Like, was it Maester Eamon at the Night's Watch? Was yeah. it Eamon? Yeah. And that thing he said to John is that you need to go and, or someone needs to go and find her. They, he found out about Danny somewhere in the world. Yeah. And our like, Targaryen alone is... It's a dangerous thing. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a good speech by him because that was when John was trying to like leave the Night's Watch to do something and he mentioned he revealed who he was it's like you're going to be tested many times you know your vows and all that stuff which doesn't matter now because he's yeah. he's not in the night's watch anymore because no he, applicable he did die though so his his watch did end mm-hmm. but i don't fault him for that at all mm-mm. but yeah daenerys is sort of off in her corner uh everyone's celebrating uh some more than others mm-hmm. Arya's not even there 
uh, Gendry goes to look for, and Aww. then he gets uh, named, legitimized as a Baratheon. Which is a good political move on Danny's part. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, but she inadvertently made him the highest claimant to the Iron Throne, basically. Okay. I didn't think about that. he would be Robert Baratheon's sole heir. Yeah. Now. So he would be the next in line for succession. I, that did not cross my mind at all. I don't know if it crossed Daenerys' mind either. Or the writer's <laughs> mind. Do you I think that was uh, spontaneous for her? Like she was I think it was just she saw him, she noticed who she, he was, I think, and was trying to like say, look, I'm a cool, like, I know, I understand Westerosi politics. Like, yeah. this is how I'm going to rule and be a benevolent queen and all that stuff. But I think it was just... It fell on deaf ears. Was so sort of like, okay, cool. Let's get back to celebrating, guys. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Tormund and John talking, and just you know, Daenerys is just off in her corner, just being mm-hmm. all sad. She didn't even have food. She just had a, like a plate of candles. Delicious, delicious candles. Well, mm-hmm. she's a dragon queen, so. Mm-hmm. And she's just off star. there, and it's sort of like, it's a nice to nice to see what they're trying to do, like alienating Daenerys from everyone else. That's basically what they've been trying to do this whole season mm-hmm, even though it's been down. like four episodes they're trying to do like a season or two worth of content in four episodes yeah um but yeah so that's sort of like the only i guess that's like the biggest thing with this episode is like so much happened in one episode it just seems like we're like what are they gonna like obviously they're gonna wrap it up in two episodes but everything just seems so but are they fast. really <laughs> are they really gonna wrap this up in two episodes oh well like, they have to yeah that's true um I don't know if it's going to be clean or good, but it just seems like they haven't earned what they're... The writers haven't earned any of the moments that they're trying to portray on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I would buy Daenerys being the, you know, the mad queen, because they've already hinted at that basically Absolutely. throughout the show. But I think it happening so fast just seems cheap. Everything is happening. Absolutely. And you Sansa know. just throwing everyone under the bus... It seems like, I guess you could say that's a Sansa move from based on what's everything that's happened to her. But, like, it'd be nice to, like, hear her reasons or all the inner workings of why she's doing what she's doing instead of just doing it. Just like, well, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. We don't see that for any of the characters, though, because there's mm-hmm. no time. Before, yeah. it would happen in conversation. It would happen in looks and experiences. But now it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. They're hitting all these high notes, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting all they're trying to all they're trying to do is get a whole bunch of payoff with not a lot of build up, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate because I feel like the show is not obviously the show hasn't stayed true to the books since they passed it, mm-hmm. but I always felt like it stayed true to the show, and like it just seems like as it's going on and being so shortened, like it's no longer staying true to the show anymore, like the rules and character motivations just don't seem. The like, fact that most people survived the that battle yeah. when it, I think if it was traditional Game of Thrones TV show there'd be a lot of mm-hmm. more, there'd be a lot more death. Yeah, I think there was that's the thing is there was a lot of death, but I think people just didn't buy the characters that survived because they were like in the thick of it, like Brienne, Pod, and Jamie. They were basically had their backs against the wall with like hundreds of whites yeah. just uh, there, and they survived unscathed. You know, they're walking. They didn't have like a leg or arm chopped off or severe wounds they just were like oh we're good let's just walk out of this Mm -hmm. a few scratches and dirt on our faces it's just it didn't feel right not that i want them to die it's Mm -hmm. just it didn't feel like a realistic outcome Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it, I mean, that's the thing. It didn't feel like a realistic outcome, especially if Jamie and Cersei... If they wanted Jamie and Cersei to be together all along, in terms of, like, ending that, like, Jamie going up north doesn't really make sense. Like, for him to, like, survive the Battle of Winterfell and then, like, die from something else, like, after it happens. So you're saying, I mean, it does make sense for his character arc, like, his attempt at redemption to try and... I mean, it kind of does, but, like, if they're only trying for him to redeem himself from Cersei... Him yeah. going up north, I guess it makes less sense now. Okay. I think. Yeah. Just because especially what happened with at the end of this episode or near the end of the episode, like what he's doing mm-hmm. was not very clear. I think with the way the the writers wrote that scene. It didn't seem it sound, it almost sounded like he was going back to Cersei because he was worried about her, but I don't think that's what is going on. No. But it was very I think it was just poorly done. I think, you know, they acted it well. But I think it was just writ- the scene was just written very poorly. There's not much to work with, you know. He comes mm-hmm. in, he sees uh, Bran and Sansa talking, and mm-hmm. finds out what's happening, and then yeah. boop, off he goes. Yeah, yeah. There's theories that he, you know, he heard that the dragon was lost and all that stuff, so he oh. feels like he's only got, like, he's the only person that could like help him in the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to King's Landing for like to help Cersei. He's going to King's Landing to like kill Cersei or stop Cersei on his own because he feels like the the odds of them winning have shifted now that they lost the other dragon, um, I think. And the fleet, too. A lot of their army was sunk. They sort of just let that... That just sort of happened without that anyone, just sort of happened without anyone taking any precautions. Yeah, they sort of forgot about the Iron Fleet, apparently, even though it's like their only enemy mm-hmm. at this point, if you're in a boat. But um, <laughs> but that's, that's just sort of the way the show has operated. I remember there was this... I watched a lot of you know, Top Gear back in the day. And one of the hosts made a really good comment about how you could have, like, a really good outline and a really good blueprint for something, but if you don't, like, put love and thing into it, it just doesn't work out. Like, it's that whole that'll do attitude. And I sort of feel like this whole season is just, like, let's just get it over with because... I don't really want. They don't really want to do it anymore. Yeah, HBO says that we're going to stop putting money into this at such and such a date. Go. Well, yeah, HBO actually did say that they could have more seasons, but like oh. the the showrunners, like they're not interested anymore. I think well, you know. I don't fault. Sense. I don't fault them because like they signed up for an adaptation, and they're now they're no longer adapting. They're just yeah. creating. You know, with a very. I'm not sure even what the outline they have is for Martin's work. If they have just like the broad strokes of. This such and such happens, but they have no idea how or why. Yeah, you They're fill just like, in the middle. Oh, we gotta fill in the middle somehow and they get so much blowback from fans and just people that they're just like, Oh, it's not worth dealing with anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is weird that they went to Star Wars afterwards. Because, I mean, if they can't deal with it for Game of Thrones, good luck with Star Wars. I didn't realize they were ready for Star Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing another they're doing like a Star Wars show or s- movie or something. Is it the Mandalorians? No, it's okay. something else. It's something that hasn't been like announced officially what it is, but they oh. did sign with Disney that they're going to do a Star Wars either movie or show or something in that universe. Okay. So I feel like as creators, I think it's perfectly okay with them to sort of get bored with this, mm-hmm. but I think they should do a little bit better to like end it on better terms. Yeah, I try not to give them too much flack for it because I mean mm-hmm. I'm not the one creating the show for goodness sake it's yeah. like just enjoying it so I shouldn't be too grumpy <laughs> about mm-hmm. what they choose to do yeah I mean I mean I've always defended it because like it's hard to create something that's not yours mm-hmm. they're just like well if we're gonna have Arya kill the Night King like how do we make that work and I think as a 
you know, f- movies and books are such different mediums. Like, m- like films, like more visual spectacle. Like you have to like give them that suspense. Like you have to like actually visually give them suspense. Mm-hmm. And like watching the battle for Winterfell, like it worked. Like Arya jumping out from the shadows, which was was awesome. a great moment. Yeah. for like for visual entertainment and just for all that stuff, it was a perfect moment. It was a high five moment. And. Which is um, what they did. But obviously, like, if you're used to reading books or not understanding, you know, character motivation, it seems like it could be sort of cheap. Fair enough. Um, and sort of, like, I guess cheapness is sort of, like, how everything feels now, especially after this fourth episode. <laughs> like Where everybody just miraculously got together the day after the battle. Yeah, either the day after the battle or, like, I'm not even sure how long the party was going on for. It was not made clear, like, the time frame... And all that stuff is like time has is very relative in this universe mm-hmm. um, because somehow they're able to get from Winterfell to King's Landing fast, really like, fast Ubers, um, and all that stuff's happening. And then John tells Daenerys. Well, John doesn't tell Daenerys. He told her a while ago, but they sort of have another conversation about it. And Daenerys is like, "I don't want you to tell anybody else about this." Like, I. Because she thinks that if, once people find out about it, like, they're going to try to drive him apart and put him on the throne. I don't think she's wrong in that assessment. Well, she's not wrong because that's exactly what happened. Because mm-hmm. John was like, you know, because he was raised by Ned Stark. So that means he's like, I want to do the right thing because I think this is the right thing to do. So he told Sansa and Arya. He's like, don't tell anybody. And they're like, <laughs> no problem, John. We got this. <laughs> We're family. Very, very, cool. ne- very next scene, Sansa's like, hey, Tyrion, what if there was someone better? And it's like, oh, Sansa. But I guess that's par for the course for Sansa. That's the thing is, like, they're definitely setting Sansa up that she's sort of, like, the next Littlefinger. And with all of her conversations about with Daenerys, even though they've been very brief, it's very much like, you know, we're not going to be part of your game anymore. But The North is its own thing. The North is, yeah. Which makes sense, though. I mean, Sansa's Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, protect her home. Mm-hmm. And she's has very fierce about that. So I, I think I totally get it. I, I see Sansa coming out of this like very well. I wasn't thinking Littlefinger-esque, but it's one of those things where if you enter into the world of politics, mm-hmm. you have to get a little dirty. Yeah, she's almost like the only one that seems to be playing the long-term game, mm-hmm. which, you know, you know, Varys and Tyrion are still around, and they're very short. They seem very short-sighted now when they would have not been otherwise. Like their previous selves wouldn't have been doing this sort of stuff you know making weird decisions you know Um, based on previous characterization mm -hmm. um but yeah that whole starts the whole thing you know Tyrion finds out and then he tells Varys (laughs) because you know why not talk to you know tell Varys about this and Varys is like yeah let's get rid of Daenerys the master of secrets like yeah um and that sort of sets up like I know like that's definitely seemed like what the show was going for this Mm -hmm. season was like that sort of split between Daenerys and Jon whether it's between them actually or between like the followers and the people that are following them it's definitely been the point of this this season it just everything just is happening so fast Mm -hmm. because it has to but it's just frustrating because you want to see you know more development between all of this yeah you definitely do you want to see like more of the politicking which is sort of like some of the good stuff in this episode was Tyrion and Varys talking about that stuff that was sort of like Game of Thrones of old like mm-hmm. what makes a good ruler like all this stuff that was nice to see them talking especially since Varys has been just sort of chilling around not really doing anything um but yeah just 
everything is happening so fast. Like nothing seems like everything would make sense if they were just it would just give it more time. I think. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. But they don't give us time. They no. just take things away from us. Yeah, yeah, they took away another dragon. Oh, very man. Very abruptly, just like, oh, well, now she's got one dragon. And then... Uh, See, I think the dragon is just the victim of the budget. They just, they're like... Maybe ghosts, too. They sent ghosts. They sent ghosts away, too. Yeah. To, like, go live with Tormund in the north and all that stuff. So, you know, Tormund seems to be done with the show. Sam and Gilly seem to be done with the show also when John was saying bye to them. Like, I don't think they're going to ever... I don't, they're not going to come back north, I don't think. I don't know if Sansa stayed up there or something, but it definitely seems like a lot of these characters are going their separate ways now. Mm-hmm. And we won't see them either until, like, the end, or maybe we won't see them at all. Um, just going off into their own little world, and we can speculate about, you know, what they're, what they're doing next. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically Sam's got to go back home because he's, like, the lord now. Because his family's Hill dead. Or Horn yeah, Hill? Horn Hill okay. in the Reach, so he's going to probably rule over that because he's the only one left that could mm-hmm. do it. Um, and then Braum was in this episode too. Oh, they geez. brought Braum back. It's just like, how did he get there? Like He just turned up. He just walked through all the defenses and just everyone, I don't know if anyone knows who Braum is, but... But still, someone may say, hey, who are you? I just, mm-hmm. I, the way he popped in on them and even the conversation amongst them, like it mm-hmm. was Braum being Braum, but it didn't feel quite right. Yeah, it didn't feel right because like at the the episode the loot train episode he had his bag of gold he could have just like left and was like i'm done with all this stuff i got my bag of gold i'm gonna go off then he you know threw the bag of gold away to get on the on the ballista to help them fight the dragon yeah. and everything it's like mm-hmm. oh well, maybe bron's no longer a mercenary or he's fighting for something more than money now we always had that sense that he had a, mm-hmm. a some level of affection for Tyrion and jamie and i think he does but like his sense of self-preservation is much greater yeah i think so too but like i just feel like his Bron just been shoehorned into this season for no reason. Like he either should have died during that battle, or just like left and you he know never exactly. never came back because it's just sort of like there. Like Cersei's like here, kill my brothers with this crossbow that killed my father. He's like, I'll think about it. And then <laughs> uh, next time we see him, you know, he's there. He's definitely hedging his bets. I would say that I would say that's a very Bron thing to do, mm-hmm. but it just seems like out of place in this episode. It was like five minutes. He's there and he's gone. It's just like. And where is he going to be hanging out this whole time? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'll be waiting till after the battle to to see what's going yeah. on. What are you going to be doing? You'll be hanging out a tree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose, but I mean, I guess if Cersei really wanted Tyrion dead, she could have just killed him when he was there. Yeah. With the parlay thing. She could have killed to get, everybody. Trying to get Missandei mm-hmm. back. And they were there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Missandei got captured, oh. which you know apparently she yeah. was the only person that got captured, um, as far as we know. From the, from the head count, in terms of, like, major people, yeah. Yeah, unless, like, there's, like, other soldiers that just weren't worth capturing because they're just red shirts. They're all dead. Yeah. She's the only one that survived Has any for, for plot them. purposes or just whatever. But, yeah, she was the only one that survived. And then, you know, her and Great Worm looking at each other on the ship. That little mm-hmm. handhold they did, the big smile, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been setting it up that, you know, one or both of them would be going. They had that scene about her, them going back to Noth and just chilling retiring from all that stuff it's like that usually send that's usually like telegraphs that you're no longer going to be around yeah and then when episode three happened i'm like well they survived so i have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen and then episode four you know she dies well at this point for 
for Daenerys, the people that were with her in Essos are entirely gone. Like, well, Varys was over. No, that's not true. Varys came. Well, with yeah. Her, well, at least like the, the the big like the the origin people. Yeah, like Danny's the people that have been story. there for a while. Like they're no longer there. Like she lost, um, Barristan, still in Essos. Mm-hmm. And then she just lost Jorah last episode. Mm-hmm. Now she lost Missande. She left Dario behind. She left Dario behind. And she lost two dragons. Oh, that um, still gets me. You know, and all CG that stuff. I mean, though, I mean, those emotional. are technically like her children, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. That's how she views them because she can't have kids, allegedly. Yeah. But, you know, she those were her kids. So, like, this whole Daenerys being a mad queen, like, I don't know. I guess just because her last name is Targaryen. And her dad was the Mad King. I guess she sort of has that unfortunate, you know, name because like anyone else in that situation would probably respond the same way. Exactly. You know, when John does it up north in the previous seasons, he's not the Mad King of the North or the Mad Lord of the Night's Watch. And when Cersei blows up the Sept, she's not the Mad Queen. It just just Daenerys. Yeah, it's just her. So. I don't know. I guess, you know, it's just whatever, but Daenerys seems to have a pretty logical response to mm-hmm. all this stuff. I mean, she really doesn't really have anyone left. I mean, I guess her, Grey Worm's sort of been like her military That's advisor, true. but like, I'm not really sure how close they actually are, because Masande was always like her right-hand girl, and then Tyrion sort of came in late, and Varys came in late. So I don't really think she trusts them as much as... Well, and Tyrion's been, as she says, keeps making mistakes, which I agree yeah. with her. He just made some weird decisions. He has made some weird decisions. And she's also... That's the other thing, is, like, she's also... She's listened to her advisors, and she's gotten into all this, these situations. Like, she set aside her her lofty goal of the Iron Throne to help the North, mm-hmm. which they're not very appreciative of. Yes. They're just like, <laughs> thanks. Get out of here. See you later. Um, Go now. So yeah, so basically everything that's happening is like, she's alone. She her help is not appreciated. They're now they're the help that she gave them is not being reciprocated, and then she lost another dragon and then her best friend, and then it's just like oh well yeah she should just be calm and just chill. Do you see this as a cycle because she's been really down and out before several times and I she's always she's... managed to do something a little crazy and unhinged. Well, and I think comes out she top. does something crazy and unhinged is just. You know, with dragons, it's sort of the only way you could go. Fair enough. Um, and with army, when you take, when you con- when you're a conqueror, that's just sort of what you do. But if she would have just taken King's Landing, I think she even made the comment: if she would have just taken King's Landing from the get-go, like none of this would be a problem. Like she would have had King's Landing, and then she could have gone up north right after. But now doing all these side quests, mm-hmm. like thanks, her, John. Her army's decimated. <laughs> her dragons are dead. And all this stuff, and now like she doesn't have as many the force she needs to take King's Landing, and now Cersei's had enough time to like basically be like, if you want to take King's Landing, you're gonna have to like kill thousands upon thousands of innocents to take it, mm-hmm. which is a really bad way to start your rule as the person that just killed all your subjects to get the throne. It's not a very good uh, good wel- welcome party. What do you think about in th- when? back up at Winterfell when they were talking about their battle plans and um, was it Tyrion or John that was saying, you know, we just, we surround the city, we lay siege and don't let any food in. Yeah, that was like Varys. I think that was Varys or something, which is weird because he always says that he's for the realm, but like starving millions of people or close to millions of people is probably worse than Daenerys going in and killing thousands, I guess. That's the thing is 
obviously there's no bloodshed with that, but you know, the people might turn on each other during a famine and Cersei could easily say that as well, it's uh, not my fault. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that gives them a perfect out for her. But mm-hmm. I, kind of, I think I kind of forgot that she was so hated by her subjects, you know, mm-hmm. she, as before. I mean, I, I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but when they mentioned it about, you know, you know, they'll they'll turn mm-hmm. on her. I'm like, I, I see that. I just don't understand yeah. saying it's a good idea to starve them, to force them to do that. Mm-hmm. And they made this, like, Verisman and off comment that the Prince of Dorne is, like, now on their side. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. Who and, could this be? What and Yara took back the Iron Islands, you know, as well. So I guess, you know, in theory, Daenerys has a lot of fort, like, a lot of people on her side just trying to get to Cersei. I suppose, like mm-hmm. if she can call all the people that are that support her, she probably does have more troops than Cersei does. Mm-hmm. But it all seems to be like a waste now, because now after all that's happened, like I can assure you that it's not going to end well for the people of King's Landing no. uh, on Sunday. Um, if you're listening, King's Landing, get out now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you could hear this, um, you should take a vacation to to the Florida of. Westeros, Dorne. Ah, yes. Um, Sunny. Or go to Essos. Just get out of there. Uh, but yeah, I just have a feeling like next episode's obviously another battle. Um, and they're just not really sure what's going to happen. I feel like obviously some of them, some major characters are going to bite it. Yeah. I feel like maybe more might go next episode than in season three. Or I guess more prestige characters mm-hmm. are going to go. Like there's, like, there's no way Cersei could get out of it. Like, at this point, like, I don't think that she survives. I don't think she'll make it to the next episode. Like, see, episode six, if she ha- somehow makes it to episode six, she's going to die in episode six. But, but I her, think... Her major her major threats are Jamie, Arya, and Danny. Mm-hmm. Or do you see somebody else? Um, That's all I see. I mean, Jamie makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the prophecy said that she, her younger brother would kill her. But I don't know anymore, because they sort of threw out the whole Azura High prophecy. I'm not sure if that's going to even count. It doesn't matter because, like, the night is over. Like, the long night's done. So I feel like the Azor Ahai thing is out the window now. Mm -hmm. Um, Arya. It's hinted that Arya might do it now with, you know, Mel. Like, I guess prophecy only works when the writers want it to work. But they (laughs) mentioned, like, she's got to shut all those eyes forever. Mm -hmm. Like, the blue eyes were the Night King. So Cersei has green eyes. So maybe Arya's going to be the one to do it. Maybe Arya will do it with Jamie's face. Like Jamie will die, and she'll notice that he's dead. Take his face and actually kill Arya with Jamie's face, sort of like a like a trick. Be like, oh, yeah. kinda was prophecy, but it Working was working in a different. couple of the tricks of the plot to kind of mm-hmm. come together. Yeah. Did you? We were. I was thinking about the the green eyes um, comment. Does Daenerys have green eyes? Um, she might. I don't remember. She's not supposed to have green eyes, um, but uh, she might. I don't know if Amelia Clark's got green eyes because I don't know if they were contacts remember. or not. But I did think someone did make a comment that she does have green eyes, and Arya killing Daenerys just—I don't know—would make, make sense. sense. But then again, her killing the Night King didn't make a lot of sense either. <laughs> like it worked for the moment but and stuff, but there, that's the thing—is like even with the all the buildup for it, like it didn't seem like it was a good payoff. Like, in hindsight, like, it was cool to watch. Oh, yeah. Like, but that like, little portion. But just, like, thinking about it, you're like, really? Like, Arya's the one to do it? You know, then they said they knew for three seasons. It's like, well, then what's John been doing this whole time? If he knew for three <laughs> seasons, then why'd you build up all this? Because he always King? gets all the glory. 
he no does get all what. the glory, but I mean, that's just sort of how it's always happened. Like the 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 threat that everyone thought was the biggest threat was always dealt with by John because he was north of the wall. Like he was the only person that could deal with it. Mm-hmm. Him and the wildlings and all that stuff, and he's gotten all those big moments, not because like he's like the hero of the show, just like he just happens to be in the right place at the right time for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it does sort of cheapen his character arc for him to have basically do nothing for the entire thing that his character has been bu- be- was built up for, mm-hmm. for him to have basically not do anything. And yeah. Except to kind of run around and brood. Yeah, I mean, he's good at that. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the whole Daenerys thing, like I like, you know, her plots, you know, I could see the end game or like, like what they want, but I just don't believe they did it right. That like, she would get there. Yeah, because she got to Westeros, season seven, started doing all this and doing all that. She didn't really do much of anything, make allies. She basically got to Westeros. Was like, all right, let's get the Iron Throne. And everyone's like, oh, just hold, wait a second, do this, <laughs> do that, and do that. And she's like, okay. And now she did everything that they said, and now she's the Mad Queen because she listened to her advisors and gets upset when they do things wrong. But. Do you think there's any chance? I keep thinking like Dario's going to come swooping in at some point. I doubt it. No. Okay. I mean, but then again, that would be something that would happen without explanation. Just him showing up with the second son, being like, "Hey guys, I got your message that you sent." It's like, <laughs> what? You sent the message? Like, how did or Bran did it somehow? Like, with his weird powers that aren't really explained. He just like was like, "Oh, go get Dario." Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. I keep, I keep sticking on that. For some reason, I keep expecting him to come back through. Yeah, it's just weird that they would just leave him just in Essos for so long, especially with all those troops. Like, especially if Daenerys just wants the Iron Throne. Like, what happens in Essos doesn't matter. Like, I know that she probably doesn't want slavery to come back and all that, but, you know, all that stuff was just a means to an end for her. Really, because like the Iron Throne has no jurisdiction over Essos, mm-hmm. so either she could have stayed in Marine and ruled Marine, or do the Iron Throne. That she can't do both, Fair or she's trying to do both. I think. I think that's sort of like her biggest flaw is like she always tries to do more, bite off more than she can chew. Well, it seems too like she's um so fixated on uh, getting payback for her family. And mm-hmm. what happened, which you know makes sense. I mean, revenge is a, is a big part. Yeah, in a lot of Game of Thrones storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting because it seems like the writers just sort of were like, "What's the end? Let's get there as fast as possible. Like, mm-hmm. let's have the viewers fill in the gaps and hope that everything makes sense." Which they like kind of make sense, mm-hmm. but I just don't think the payoff's going to be as good if there was more build build up to it, like another season probably would have benefited the show to benefit from another season i think mm-hmm. or a, an actual 10 episode season like if the last two seasons were 10 episodes maybe they would have been able to get get away with it especially if they're going to be longer episodes like 80 90 minute episodes they probably could have gotten away with it if they did that mm-hmm. but having 13 episodes for the last two seasons just basically d- illustrates that it was going to be very quick and like nothing was gonna really no stick. To like there's no time to like way. really get a grip of what they're doing. No time to really mourn the characters that we've lost. It's like, oh, these guys are dead. Now we're celebrating. 
onward. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, the whole show was built on that whole, you know, no one's safe. Or no, it didn't seem like anyone was safe. No one can protect but, anyone, which is what Sansa um, says to the Hound mm-hmm. Lotus ages ago. Yeah, but it's just interesting because when you think, when I was thinking about it, they were talking about like, you know, people dying, but like no character really has died in a battle. Like major characters died in the big set pieces, really. Like the first one was like Blackwater. Like every main character survived yeah, that one. That should have and, told us something. Then. And you know, Tyrion <laughs> obviously got. You know, that's where he got his scar was from that. But he survived. Bronn survived. Davos survived. Stannis survived. Basically, all the major players at the time survived. And that was sort of like the the ghost in the machine. Tywin came at the last second and saved everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all the battle, like, the battle with the wildlings. Like, maybe Egret was, like, big, but she was sort of, like, always a side character. Mm-hmm. But Jon survived. Uh, Sam always survived. <laughs> Somehow, Sam always survived. He does. And then, uh, and then when Ramsay and John battled last a couple seasons ago, here comes Eerie. Yeah, you know Sansa came with the force, but no one. The only person that died was Ramsay. John survived. Sansa survived. Littlefinger was there. One one. I'll, huh? I mean, he was. I guess major, he was a major. We knew actually. who he was because yeah. like he was around, but he wasn't like a major character. That's true. That's true. So like every battle, technically, no one important has really died yeah. in the battles which i think you know if the show did a better job at demonstrating that like you know you're the biggest threat to these people aren't like the actual battles it's like what happens in between the fights because the that's when they're stuff. vulnerable and everything i think that's what's sort of happened like all the major deaths have been when you haven't expected it like i guess maybe it's everyone's fault for thinking that something would happen in a battle when the show and the books have basically shown us that that's not true. No, they die between the battles when they're eating dinner, when they're on the <laughs> when they're on the toilet. Yes, um, all the mundane stuff. <clears throat> mm-hmm. When they think that someone else is on trial, but really they are. It just. Oh yeah, and that, that I mean that was fairly satisfying, though it seemed a little hokey, you know, just like the gotcha nature of that particular yeah. little finger. I think that was like it. Just I think they only did that because that was like the only way that he wouldn't see it coming. Like, cause he's mm-hmm. always that player yeah. that's, like, saw everything. So to him, just to get surprised by something and to get his reaction, it's sort of like, I guess that was, like, the only way they could do it with him. Because it was, you know, it was pretty quick. It was like, oh, I'm dead, yeah. basically. It was basically <laughs> it. It's like, oh, well, I'm gone, guys. No more Littlefinger. Cold-eyed Arya just comes in and takes care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah, the mountain and the hound are going to fight finally. That's been something that's been tied up been forever. For, for a long time. Forever. That's like the only thing people are looking forward to. And hopefully it's never going to live up to expectations. No. It's going to just probably be like two minutes. It's like, oh, well, this was not satisfying at all. But I don't know. It's it's tough to, I don't know. A battle episode is almost never satisfying anymore. There's just like so much going on with the way they edit it and stuff. It's like... They have so many POVs that they have to do. It's like they can never just focus on one character long enough for you to really do anything. It's like, oh, they're fighting. Cut to this character. Well, I wanted to watch what was happening over there. Go go back, go back. um, So I guess thinning off the cast, maybe we'll get more moments like that. Good point. You know, know, Euron hopefully goes in the first two minutes of the episode. I'm I'm sick of Euron. Show Euron, really. It's not the actor's fault. No, not at all. It's just the writers didn't know what to do with him, I think. 
he's supposed to be like an obnoxious, no holds barred. Yeah, he's just a weird. Dude. He's like basically pure evil. Like he, like if you think the Night King's evil, Euron is way worse. Um, and that's sort of mm-hmm. like, like a book theory that like he's actually going to work with the Night King, or something. But you know, book Euron's going to be much more important than show Euron was. Show Euron's had about like twenty minutes of screen time. There was three seasons he's been on the Basically show. Basically saying the same thing yeah. every single time. Yeah, we, he got introduced, he fought, killed some sand snakes, and then he was just sort of always background. He's like, I'm here, guys. But he hasn't really done anything. I guess, obviously, he well, killed no, the he dragon just, yeah, yeah. somehow. He's, you know, three But if he three. didn't have those, those um, the scorpions, then, you know, yeah. he could Yeah, but that's the thing. is like, they don't, he hasn't, he's not very menacing. He's not, like, a really good villain. He's sort of just there. He's like, they haven't really given him any motivation or anything you just like well i'm teaming with cersei because cersei needed me and i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. and i got these dragon killing machines so i'm gonna use them do you think um i've heard some people talk about uh that scene outside the gates at king's landing when Tyrion just like bypasses Kyburn entirely mm-hmm. and goes up and talks to Cersei and mentions her pregnancy, mm-hmm. and some people are saying that this is going to be the moment when Euron starts thinking, "Hey, wait a minute, mm-hmm. Cersei, hold on a second. How yeah. does this dude know about this? Do well, you think that's I, like maybe?" A- I think you know, Lena Healy played it that way, like she had like a sort of like a little like a gasp in her face mm-hmm. when he said that because there's no way that Euron knew that, and if that's the thing is if Euron thinks that Cersei's pregnant through him. There would be no way of Tyrion knowing that. Yeah. So I think I don't know if they'll do anything with it or there's not. No time. There's no time to do anything <laughs> with it. And it seemed like Euron was in the battle, like he was on his ship, fighting for Cersei and all that stuff. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole scene outside of King's Landing was weird too, because King's Landing is supposed to be like around forests, and it's just in the middle of a desert now. It apparently, looks strange for sure. So it was like they just used Karth again for that scene, I think. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's pretty much what, so like made, that's what it made me think. Made of a come, standing just there, made a, just made a comeback because I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. It just maybe they, the city of Dubrovnik was like, uh, we don't want you guys to film here anymore. They're like, okay, <laughs> they we'll just sad. pack up our stuff and then you yeah, know we'll go to this, this other castle area here. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is like the show inconsistencies are the biggest problem, I think. Because I've watched shows that have had questionable endings. I've watched Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. I've watched Lost. People were very upset with how those ended. Mm-hmm. But I really think that they stayed true to what the show was always. They never deviated from the show's formula. Like, it made sense. I, I think it's okay if people aren't happy with it. But it's like not like any of those endings came out of left field. Whereas this one, I don't think the ending is coming out of left field. I just think that just not earned. It just seems all too abrupt. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. Agreed. Especially if the show ends poorly, it's going to make wanting to watch it again feel like I don't want to do it anymore. If I know what's going to happen, I'm like this is totally not worth it. Well, I think um, in general, uh, anything that happens is going to be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I think so, but I, or I think... Or not. Is it going to be something where you, you know that it's happening, you expect it? I think there's just so many... Because it's going to be ridiculous. There's just so many people that have speculated for so long that someone's guessed it. And I think they're definitely trying to put Daenerys and Jon against each other. Um, so, you know, I've always suspected that one of them will die. And I think Daenerys is 
more fit the bill to be the one that dies. So she'll sort of die a tragic character, but I don't think she'll die a tragic character the way that they're going right now. It's like, I feel like there's nothing wrong with her sort of doing the the wrong thing, so to speak, for the right reason. But I think that whole arc of Daenerys, like how she's gone from being, you know, sold off to Drogo, finding her strength, getting the dragons, learning how to rule, doing all that stuff, and then just sort of failing. You know, I think, you know, in the books it'll probably be better. But I think so the she's show, basically peaked and now it's Yeah, I think she's peaked. Here. I think she probably peaked a while ago. Um, and then it's all sort of, you know, a downfall, which I think is fine. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with tragic characters like that. It's just the way that the show has been so abrupt. Like, it, we haven't had, like, that moment for her to, like, fall. Like, her fall is just, like, she got to the, to the point and then she just fell off. Like, there's no, there's no gradual anything. It's all just like, oh, we need her to do this now, so this is what she's going to do now. Mm-hmm. Which just feels cheap to her character. I kind of see her maybe hopping on Drogon and flying away at the end of it. Like, because something terrible happens and everything is, it's just looking dark and so, poof, off mm-hmm. she goes. Well, she's I mean, done she, a, a she, couple times. She does know, have that like, option. I just don't know, like... I think she's too focused on the I think she's too queen. focused, which is... I think she's just too focused on the Iron Throne. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's, like, her downfall. Like, that's her hubris is, like, she could never, like, realize that there's more to life than just a chair. And, like, her destiny, so to huh. speak. Like, she's always felt like that's what she's had to do, maybe to avenge her family or this is her birthright and stuff. And I think, you know, that's what sort of makes her a tragic character because she's not able to see past that and to be like, well, I could be happy doing something else. I could have been happy in Esso, so I could have been happy with John just living in the woods or something. Mm -hmm. But that's not how she sees it. That vision she had when she was in the tower um, Mm -hmm. in Karth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, do you think we're going to see that again? It's possible. There's been a lot of speculation that, you know, maybe that wasn't... That was, like, winter. Like, there was snow on the throne. So it's sort of, like, Rather you know, a metaphor. Ash. Yeah, okay. that was a metaphor for, like, John will actually be on the throne before she's able to take oh. it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there will definitely be something that happens in the throne room. At least I hope. Like, I just... I don't know anymore because I don't, like, everything's happening so fast that, like, I just don't know what to, I don't know what to expect for the wrong reasons. Not for, <laughs> because I'm, like, I'm, I'll be genuinely surprised. I'll just be like, none of this is earned. Happen. Yeah. Anything can happen. But I do think there'll be a handful of characters that die Sunday. Cersei, Jamie, Euron, Euron, Euron Hope, if he doesn't die in episode five, I might not even watch the episode six. <laughs> You're going to ride in the streets. <laughs> But yeah, Euron, Jamie, Cersei, the Hound, Mountain. Yeah, a Grey Worm maybe. But I think those five though, so Jamie, Cersei, Euron, the Mountain, and the Hound. I think those ones are all they're no longer for this world. I'm putting Varys in there too. Oh, I forgot about Varys. Because I mean word travels fast, they're mm-hmm. talking about treason at this point. Mm-hmm. Danny already is upset with him, and then in the preview, yeah. you know, he says I'm going to tell you straight on in the eyes. Like, I'm going to look you in the eyes and tell you straight when I'm telling you you're making a mistake. Yeah. Since you're making a mistake. Yeah. You know, Varys is, he's up there. I kind of forgot about him. So I think the writer, like, I, like the writers forgot about him for a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's probably high up there too. I mean, he is supposed to die somewhere on that island, apparently. Yep. That's what Melisandre did say, that they would both die in that forsaken place or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would put Varys up there too. And that's sort of what's probably going to, 
Let's put everybody on edge for Daenerys ruling because Daenerys deals justice. We know how Daenerys does does justice <laughs> yes, on the do. show. So, so Varys was is not going to have a pleasant death if he does indeed die, and then that will that reinforce that will be a, that will reinforce the idea that John might be better fit to rule and stuff. So I think the writing's on the wall for that. Mm-hmm. It just seems just cheap. It's not earned. It's just yes. not earned. Like I like if I would be okay with it if there was more build up to it. I think. See, I'm kind of seeing a Cersei lasting to the final episode, and I'm not sure why I feel that. I just feel like mm-hmm. you know her characters her characters gotten through all of this. I yeah. feel like she's going to be there till the bitter end. We'll see. Lots of things. I'm not yeah, sure I'm what not, they're not pl- basing that on yeah. anything. <laughs> we don't know what episode six is going to be. Yeah. I mean, they said whatever. George R. R. Martin always talks about the uh, scourging of the Shire. That's sort of how he wants the series to end where it seems like everything's all fine but like really like everything that's happened has left a really injured like the world is no longer the same place it was before so i, I think that there's going to be that the series is going to end in episode five like all game of thrones seasons like basically everything ends and then the last episode of each season has always been like well what's happening next like how are we you know going for the next thing i think the next Episode six is like, well, how are they going to deal with all the stuff that's going on? What's the fallout from Daenerys taking the throne or whatever? Who's going to rule? Wrap up their storylines and just send everyone off into a different world. So no surviving Stark children coming together? I think all the Stark kids are going to survive because I think Martin, one of the, when he was originally writing it, like the last volume of the book was originally going to be called like A Time for Wolves. Oh, so okay. I think... I think all the Stark... I think, if anything, it might just end up being, like, a new Stark dynasty, which was something that was never really alluded to, but, like, it sort of just ends up being that way. It's always been, like, the Starks versus the Lannisters because it's based on the War of the Roses from, like, the the, the royal family. I don't remember mm-hmm. which ones are, they were called, though. Lancasters and I do not something remember. else, but yeah. that's sort of been the whole show is, like, them sort of battling one each... battling each other... You know, for mostly dumb reasons, but that's just sort of the time they lived in. Mm-hmm. So I can see all the Star kids surviving, which would be fitting. You know, if all the Star kids survive, then somehow the Lannister line is, is extinguished, and then it would be a different sort of era, so well, to that, speak. That thing about you know, the lone wolf dies, but yeah. the pack survives. So all the Star kids are in the Godswood. Mm-hmm. John has Bran give them the news, mm-hmm. so they find out the situation. We don't yeah. see that conversation. We don't. And then. Sansa's, you know, setting things up to take Daenerys down by mm-hmm. spreading the news, though, when she yeah. promised that she wouldn't. Um, Arya is now leaving mm-hmm. and going on another buddy trip yeah, with, with the, the Hound to go back it's, to King's Landing. It's just interesting. I think that's sort of like his whole... George. I remember I read like a, something that George R. R. Martin said that the only thing worth writing about is like the human heart or like the condition of the human heart or something. Mm-hmm. Everything else isn't worth writing about. So I think, and also with the whole Game of Thrones thing, I think, you know... The whole like the Night King's not even in that book right now, but like the whole others White Walker thing, it's just like a, a an aside to like the bigger problem is that humanity's always going to be their biggest downfall is like themselves, like all this like we are politicking. Our own greatest danger. <laughs> yeah, so I think like let's say how the Starks take the throne, it's just like well, what at what cost did they have to do it to get there? Even if that's not what they wanted, mm-hmm. like they did it, maybe they felt like they had to or they saw an opportunity like what does that say about the world that they live in it's like you know everyone's good until they're not or no one's as good as they seem mm-hmm. you know starks lannisters they're all 
part of that wheel, so to speak, yes. that Daenerys <laughs> is trying to break. But I think... Which may take everybody out in the process, mm-hmm. and then someone will come along with another wheel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But we will be back next week with yes. the episode five. The Battle for King's Landing, however they want to call it. But <laughs> we'll be back then to talk about what's going on. Dracarys. 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 <laughs>